Today on Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, we're learning about the current condition of our hearts. So here's how it goes. To those whose hearts are completely His, extraordinary power follows on the heels of extraordinary commitment. Welcome to the new Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is the president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. I'm Wayne Shepherd. This weekend, we're continuing our study from the book of 2 Chronicles, and we're talking about being all in and fully devoted to God. Last time, Mark shared King Asa of Judah's story with us, and today we'll look at why extraordinary power follows on the heels of extraordinary commitment to God. If you missed part one, you can catch up online at boldstepsweekend.org. Be sure to look for the series titled Fully Devoted. Right now with part two of the message, When God Stops, here's our Bible teacher, Mark Job. But also, secondly, a heart that is fully devoted puts their reliance on God above all else. Notice what it says in verse 7. At that time, Hanani, the seer or the prophet, came to Asa, the king of Judah, and said to him, because you've relied on others and haven't relied on the Lord your God, you will not have a full victory. You see, what had happened is that Asa had stopped trusting God and he started trusting himself. He he stopped believing that, yeah, God could do it all. That simple childlike faith, trust is the ability to believe that ultimately God is in control of all things. How about it? And it's interesting to note later on in the chapter, I want you to see this. Later on in the chapter, verse 12, it says, In his 39th year of his reign, Asa ended poorly. It said in his 39th year of his reign, after being king for 39 years, Asa became diseased in his feet. We don't know exactly what kind of disease. It was a lot more than athletes' feet, believe me. His disease was severe, listen, but yet even in his disease, he did not seek the Lord, but only the doctor's. Can I tell you there's a shift in mindset going on there? There's nothing wrong with going to doctors. If you're sick, you should go to a doctor. He said, Pastor, I'm just going to trust the Lord. Well, you know, why don't you trust the Lord and go to a doctor too? (laughs) The problem was that he only went to doctors when he was sick and he didn't go to God. There's no problem that you go to a doctor. You should go to a doctor if you're sick. If your car's broken down, you should go to a mechanic. If your finances are in in trouble, you should go to an accountant. If you're you're out of shape, you should go go to a gym or get a personal trainer. But listen to me. It's not a matter of that he went to a doctor that was the problem. The problem was that he went to a doctor but did not go to God. You see, when you trust in others or other people or other things but you don't go to God, ultimately you're saying, hey, my trust isn't ultimately in you, God. I think I can solve my problems and my issues without you, God. Can I tell you something? That is the ultimate presumption and arrogance 
of the human heart. To think that we can do anything that's worth doing without the power and strength of God. Can I tell you something? If your marriage is in trouble, I'm glad you should go to a counselor to help you with your marriage. You should. Ben, can I tell you something? Take the initiative. You be the one that leads. Men typically don't like to do that. But if you go to a counselor and believe that it's the counselor that fixes your marriage, ultimately, it's no counselor in the world can fix your marriage without the power of God. You go to a counselor, but you need the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to change what you cannot change. You need someone to change your heart. God can only do that. If you have cancer, by all means, go to an oncologist. Get all the treatment that you can. But if you ultimately depend on chemotherapy and don't understand that he is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals, and you're not calling upon the almighty God to release his healing power upon your life, then your confidence is in doctors, not in God Almighty. If you have an addiction problem, yes, go to a 12-step program. You should go to a 12-step program. But if your confidence is in your sponsor and 12-step program, then you have misplaced your confidence because that's only a tool that God uses to break the chains of addiction and set you free. You need the power of God. Asa went to doctors, but didn't call upon the Lord. I'm just wondering, is your heart fully committed? It shows up in what you go to when you're in trouble, what you go to first when you're in trouble. It shows up in what you rely on most. I love what Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. What does it say? How much of our heart? All. Part of our heart? All. What does all mean in the Greek? All. <laughs> all means 100%. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. 100% of your heart. You rely on God. God can meet the need through other people, even our finances and our resources. If you believe that your, your boss is the one that meets your need, then your boss will be your God. If you believe that God is the one that meets your need and he uses your boss, then you will put your boss in the right position and your boss will never suck your soul out of you because you know that ultimately it's God that provides and not your boss. If you understand that your boyfriend loves you and it's a good thing that he loves you and you kind of overflow in it, but if you think that your boyfriend is the one that gives you worth and value, then you will always have to have a man beside you, whether he's a good man or a bad man, whether he treats you like trash or good, you will be driven to get your worth from a man. When you understand that it's God that gives you worth, then God can use a man in your life to love you in the right way, but ultimately your worth is not from a man, your worth is from God Almighty who looks at you as a child 
of the living God and gives you worth and value. You see, ultimately, we're looking to God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. When the word of God is different than our own understanding, then ultimately it says don't go by what you think, go by what God says because ultimately God's way is better than your way. Your heart may, may say, I want to hold a grudge of unforgiveness and hatred in my heart because look what they did to me. And God says, forgive them because it's better for you. I've forgiven you. And you say, I don't want to forgive them. But God says, forgive them. Ultimately, God's way is better than your way. So you forgive. You say, God, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to forgive even though I don't want to forgive. That's trusting God. God calls you to sexual purity. Walk in sexual purity. Well, Pastor, you don't understand. If I don't, like, get involved, I'm going to lose the guy because every guy, you know, they want a little something on the side. And I'm afraid if I don't give him a little something on the side, he's going to find a woman that will give him a little something on the side. So I, I just, you know, I really like him, Pastor. I'm glad you like him. I'm glad you like him, but I hope you love God more than you like him. Because if ultimately you're just going to get him because, he's, because you're giving him something on the side, listen, he's not worth hanging on to. Until he puts a ring on your finger and says, for better or for worse, let's do this. You say, Pastor, you... you you say, well, Pastor, you must not live in the world I live in. Pastor, you're kind of old-fashioned. You've been in a bubble. No, I, I'm, I live in the same world you live in. I'm just saying that what should define our lives is not culture. What should define our life is the power and truth of the Word of God that supersedes culture. That's what I'm saying. The Word of God should supersede culture. And if God says it, even though it's hard to obey, follow what God says because God trumps. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lean not on thy own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And guess what? He will direct your path or he will make your path straight. I'm talking, this is hard. This is difficult. This is challenging. Is my heart a heart that would make God stop at my address and say, I found one because they're fully devoted. Number three, not only must we refuse to give what belongs to God to others, secondly, we can't put our reliance on others, but God above all others if our heart is fully devoted. And number three, and lastly, fully devoted hearts Become magnets of the God's power. Verse 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout all the earth, that he may, listen to this, that he may strongly support. Another version says strengthen. Another translation implies manifest his power to those whose hearts are completely his. So here's how it goes. 
Extraordinary power follows on the heels of extraordinary commitment. You're listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job, and this is Bold Steps Weekend. We'll jump back into the second half of today's message about learning to be fully devoted in just a moment, so please stay with us. Did you know that in addition to hearing from Mark on this weekend program, you can also hear him teach every weekday on our sister program, Bold Steps with Mark Joe. You can also find this bold and passionate teaching on your local radio station, over the internet, or through our popular Moody Radio app. To discover all the ways you can listen to Mark whenever and wherever you go, just visit boldstepsweekend.org. Right now, let's return to Mark's message, When God Stops. Extraordinary spiritual power does not come to the intelligent, the wealthy, the resourced, the strategic. Extraordinary power comes to the extraordinarily committed. Jesus chose 12 disciples. You know what all 12 disciples had in common? The one common denominator of the 12 disciples was that they were hungry and devoted to following Christ. They weren't the wealthiest. They weren't the most prosperous. Their names were not known. The one that would become the the leader of the early church, his name was Peter, and he was a fisherman, not a theologian, not a businessman, not of noble birth, a man that was used to catching fish. And he would become one of the most spiritually powerful men in the early New Testament. Why? Because he was simply devoted to Jesus. He had hunger for God. Down through the centuries, those that have turned countries around, those that have altered nations, those, those that have influenced, haven't always been the most successful, the wealthiest, the smartest, the mo- those of royal blood. They have been those that say, I believe in what scripture says. I believe in the power of God. I believe and I, my heart is 100% devoted to who God is. And God says, aha, now I found someone I can pour my power into. David was a shepherd boy, not a soldier, but when he defeated Goliath, he was simply a shepherd boy that fully trusted God, and God empowered him to defeat a massive warrior called Goliath. Moses was a shepherd after 40 years, an old man, when he had the burning bush experience, and God said, go set my people free after 400 years of slavery. And he set almost a million Israelites free from the oppression of the Egyptians. Not because he had power, but because he said, I'm willing and fully devoted to follow you, God. Gideon was but a child, fearful, When the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty warrior, I'm calling you. And he rose up fully devoted and set the people of God free. All I'm saying is that those that have greatest influence in the spiritual realm are those that say, My heart, I choose to be fully devoted 
to who God has called me to be and follow him. I've asked myself this question. What would happen in the city of Chicago if there was 10, 20, 30, 100 fully devoted followers of Jesus? What if, come on, we're dreaming here a little bit. What if there was a church of fully devoted followers? What if God were to move in a place like this? Yeah, an old factory converted on the southwest side of Chicago. We have about 1,500 people that attend on Sunday morning in, in this location. What if 1,500 people in the city of Chicago decided we're going to be serious about God and we're going to become devoted, that our hearts will not be halfway there, partially there, a tenth of a way there. But what if, what if a church said we are 100% ready and willing to follow God? What could God do through 1,500 fully devoted people where God says, he stops and says, aha, I found one. Now let me pour some power. Let me pour some ability. Let me pour some strength. Let me empower them because when God finds a heart that's fully devoted, he's not afraid to pour power into it. He's not afraid to strengthen it. He's not afraid to allow them to do things that they could never do in their own power because he strengthens them with supernatural power. Are you tracking with me? Well, see, that's what I'm praying for. That's what I'm believing for. And what I've discovered over the years is this. Listen, I've discovered that fully devoted people, yeah, when we're fully devoted, we start taking steps of obedience that lead to extraordinary uh, outpourings of blessing and power in our life. But listen, you can't expect new blessing off of old steps of obedience and commitment. I'm really glad that 20 years ago you bowed your knee and gave your life to Jesus. I'm super happy that you made a commitment 10 years ago, but I'm not talking about 10 years ago. I'm talking about this year. What's the condition of our heart? Well, I'm not talking about perfection. Because we won't reach that until we get to glory. I'm talking about commitment. Devotion. Saying, Lord, if you say it, I do it. My heart is fully yours. That's what I'm talking about. I pray that God would keep my faith simple, pure, and childlike. Help me, Lord, if I ever get too professional. Help me, Lord, if it gets too complicated. Help me, Lord, if as your pastor, I ever think it's our strategy, our intelligence, our structure, our ingenuity, our self-determination, our power, our will our leadership organization that causes the church go forward. Help us, God, if that's ever our reality. Because in the end, 
What drives the church of the living God forward? In the end, what causes God to show up with power? In the end, the places where the presence of God says, yes, here I can show up, is simply people that have a childlike faith that says, here I am, you're my daddy, I showed up to worship you, and my heart fully belongs to you. That's a place where extraordinary power can be poured out. The simplicity of the gospel. Listen, I'm believing God for, to move in some extraordinary ways like I always have. And, I, and I've seen it in my own life. When I'm really depending on God, when I really need God, I pray. When I'm walking on the flesh, I plan. I depend on self. I think I can solve it. I get consultants. And nothing's wrong with that. But if you don't pray and go to God, who needs to be the first to go, go to, then really you're walking in the arm of the flesh and not walking in the arm of the spirit. And when you walk on the arm of the flesh, you always fail by the arm of the flesh. We're praying for our city. We're praying for international. But you're also praying for you. Because we corporately come together to pray for what God has called us to do. We're praying for, for, for this church. I'm believing that this church would be a place, a hub of the presence of God. A powerful place of transformation where thousands of people will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and be transformed. Where marriages will be revitalized. Where prodigal sons will come back to God. Where the hardest of the hard will come to Jesus. Where people will see this as a beacon of hope. A place that is full of the life-giving power of Jesus. I'm believing that for this congregation, for Midway, for this factory that we have here in the next few years. But you need to pray for you. What does God want to do in your family? What does God want to do in your kids? What does God want to do in your heart? What is God doing in you? And if you're here saying, Pastor, I don't really have anything. Well, come to me. I got a whole bunch of things to give you. <laughs> if you had nothing to pray for, then you're not dreaming big enough. You're not expecting enough. Some of you need to pray, oh God, take this heart that's kind of cold and put some fire back into it, God. Some of you have family members that right now, you could never, never, never envision them actually worshiping and following Jesus. But you need to pray that God would bring them to a place where they'd finally be open to the things of God. Hey, I don't know what's on your heart to pray for. You may be a single woman here saying, I'm praying for a husband. I, I think that's a good prayer, a godly husband. You may be a guy praying for. Who knows, there may be a guy over there and a girl over there, and during the fast, you come together, and voila, your prayer's answered right there. Who knows, that's how God works sometimes, right? I don't know what the prayer is. Maybe you need healing in your life, physical healing. Maybe you need spiritual healing, emotional healing. Maybe you need a breakthrough in your job. I don't know what your issue is today and what God has put upon your heart to pray for, but I do know that what you're saying when you fast and pray is I am weak, God. I can't do it on my own. I'm acknowledging there's a power much greater than me 
His name is God through His Son, Jesus Christ, that sends His Holy Spirit. And in my weakness, I'm calling unto God to do in a supernatural way what I cannot do in a natural way. That's what you're saying. You are listening to the Bible teaching of Mark Job and our newest program, Bold Steps Weekend. Now, Mark, that was a powerful message today, a great reminder to all of us about what it means to be fully devoted. It really is. And the story of Asa just reminds me, as the prophet says to Asa, it's really a rebuke, but he's reminding him, God's looking for a heart that's fully devoted. And when he finds one, he pours out his power Mm. or he manifests his strength. And so really, God's strength and power are attracted to humility. That's so true, Mark. Thank you so much. Now, if you who are listening would like to learn more about God and the Bible, let me recommend a book to you right now. It's called The Quick Start Guide to the Whole Bible, and it's designed to help you understand the big picture book by book. And we'd love to send you a copy with a gift of any amount to support this ministry. Just call 866-535-5580. That's 866-535-5580. Or give a gift of any amount in the mail when you write to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And if it's easier, perhaps more convenient, just click the donate button on our website, boldstepsweekend.org. And don't forget, when you reach out to us today, let us know how we can be praying for you and your family. You can also connect with us on our social media pages. On Instagram and Facebook, just search for Bold Steps Radio and click the like or follow buttons. Well, next weekend, Mark will be talking about power habits, and this message will be packed with great tips and ideas to help you close out the year right. Mark will even present three habits that Jesus said would change your life. So be sure to come back next weekend to hear more from Mark Job and the ministry of Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.